0: Boarding capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. So there's a BBL draft that's coming. How does it work? What's involved? Who are we going to get and what does it mean for the future of the BBL? We're going to find out in just a moment. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to the Sporting Capital. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number. You can call uh, any time on the Harcourt's open line or you can call 0 to 98 11 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. Uh, at 7.30, Liam Santa Maria is going to join us. We can talk a bit of basketball. NBA draft tomorrow, uh, US time. I've just got to get the times right. It's either tomorrow morning Or Friday morning. But either way, it's my last show for the week because of Thursday night footy. So I thought we'd get an idea from him about who are the Australians that are in line to be drafted. We caught up uh, with Ricky Daniels a few months ago, um, who uh, was a, a great of Bendigo basketball, won titles with the Bendigo Braves in the old CBA. His son, Dyson Daniels. Is uh, has been playing over in the G League with the G League Ignite. He's been rocketing up draft board calculations. But there's some other Aussies that have been over there trialling as well. And we'll speak to him about the return of the great Lauren Jackson as well. Uh, just repeating the news just before we uh, went into the ad break that uh, Collingwood have released a statement in regards to Jordan Ngoi, um that he will be taking personal leave uh, and will not be uh, taking part in their round 15 match this weekend against the Giants on Sunday. Uh, they've said he's been absent from training this week and the club will continue to support him on his return uh, to their football program. That just came through um, a few moments ago uh, from Collingwood's media department. Um, so that is the latest there. one 300 736 736 three 98 1116 let us get to our feature guest.
1: They've got to be proactive sooner rather than later, just as we've spoken, to, uh, spoken about before on, on, on this program, mate, about the, the competition out there and the, the other opportunities for players around the world. So they've, they need to do something very soon. And, uh, and hopefully, hopefully they can. Hopefully they can lure some, some big players. And, and if these South African one days in January aren't happening, hopefully that means our, our Aussie born and bred stars can be at the forefront of the big bash.
0: Adam Gilchrist speaking to Gerald Whateley a little earlier today. Uh, one of the most fiercely debated topics on this station is always about the BBL, um, what you like about it, what you don't like about it, what you do to change it. Well, hearing all of those sentiments come through, Cricket Australia, I reckon, have, have taken on board that there could be more to be done and that uh, this product is such an important piece now in the cricket summer uh, that... Anything in terms of innovation, any ideas, any ways that it can be done better uh, need to be listened to and listened to strongly. So much so that they've actually gone and hired out an expert in the field. Uh, Trent Woodhill has been a list manager with the Melbourne Stars. He has coached in the short form of the game uh, in the WBBL and the BBL. He was an advisor to the ECB on the launch of the 100. Uh, This man is the quintessential ideas man. And there was a press release released today. Uh, regarding the BBL, uh, an exciting new addition, uh, an exciting new feature to the season, on the way that uh, the teams are going to be put together. To explain to us what the BBL draft is all about, Trent Woodhill has been good enough to jump on uh, the uh, the sporting capital. Trent, hello, mate. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Trent, your position with Cricket Australia. Let's um, get let's get to the bottom of that uh, first and foremost, so people know exactly what your role is. Player acquisition and cricket consultant.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange title, but a good title. It, it basically just means um, I'm I'm a person they can they can um, sound off. They, I can come in with some ideas, and we can provide a link between CA, the clubs, myself, the players, and it's my job to provide suggestions and information on how to um, it, you know improve competitions, um, improve matches, games, the way it's played. And at the moment, it's around obviously the BBL draft and, and how we how we can create more excitement um, and more coverage around how we recruit overseas players.
0: So just with that role, obviously the hundred was received so well, and a big part of that was the draft. And, and I would imagine that um, the Cricket Australia are looking to tap into your brain the same way that the ECB did. I'm sure it's not going to be just sort of carbon copy. Um, do you really have what would for many who who love uh, lateral thinking, who love out of the box uh, ideas? D- do you maybe have one of the best jobs in cricket at the moment? You you are an ideas man.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've always been a person who looks to do something different, and and yeah, you know, to do that in a way that is there is there a better way of doing things rather than just change for change's sake. Um, and I I've sort of been able to stand apart from others and and look through a different lens on how we can do things The 100 was a an amazing experience in my life in terms of how that was put together and it was successful but what got me involved in the first place was just how big the ipl was and how much people want to be involved uh in the sport from from the very beginning with picking teams and um with ca it, you know I've come on board to help them establish a draft um you know there's some obviously rule changes that i helped with but but mainly it's around this BBL draft on, on how we can, can create some excitement by trying to lure the best players in the world to our, our competition, which we've had a really good success at over, over the last 11 years. Uh, what the draft does is it allows us to, to make that a clearer process for both fans and clubs and also a really easy way for players to make their availability um, clear and, and how much they want to do that. So I think the BBL draft will appeal to fans Overseas players and and obviously the domestic players
0: as well. Got to commend Cricket Australia on this trend because the the crowds ha- have been dropping, as we know, the ratings have been dropping uh, as well. But this product is worth about half of the overall cricket rights deal, the one about one point one eight billion. So it is crucial to the to the yearly success of the summer uh, and such a, a massive showpiece uh, and and almost the jewel in the crown when you look at it. Probably just obviously outside of the the, the summer tests, so it, it's it's so important to get this right. So this is um, big ticket item number one, or the the first of your innovations that you're bringing yep. in. As you mentioned, a couple of rule changes as well. So let's talk us through. Explain how the draft is going to work. So you'll have uh, players have an opportunity to nominate, and they'll nominate um, through um, you know, through some
2: different salary bands, and each club uh, will have the opportunity to to. Um, secure a, a player in three out of the four bands, um, and you know with that we've got a platinum, platinum band, a gold band, silver, bronze. This will give also players across the world an opportunity to to nominate for you know whether it's for gold, silver, or bronze, but also their availability. Um, and you know, at the moment, there's so many so many opportunities for players around the world to play T20. We'll, we'll have a clear idea of, of that availability for clubs, so they can start working out whether they need an all-rounder, a fast bowler. A batter batter and, and and what that availability looks like as well.
0: Is there a cap on how many players can nominate a, as a platinum player or a gold player? Yeah, the the platinum
2: the platinum band will be league nominated, so that's you know that's targeting those 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 global superstars um, of the of the T20 format. Um, but the players can nominate for gold, silver, and bronze. They can nominate for gold, silver, or just gold. And, and once again, that then gives the clubs an idea of um, you know what they need to do in in their draft order to secure the best talent. Um, players will have different... Uh, sorry, clubs will have different viewpoints on, on who's worth what as, as, to, as to where they fit in their list. And and the beauty of the draft and seeing you in the 100 and seeing the auction, the IPL, is you start thinking about this now as a club. You start figuring out what do you need to, to supplement your domestic list and your and your and the way your squad's lined up. So you start, start looking at that now and you'll see as the, as the names come in as they nominate who who best fits your squad, and then you've got to hope that you're in a position to be able to draft them ahead of somebody else.
0: So for those that play Fantasy League, they'll automatically um, have their spotty senses tingling on this one, Trent. But who sets the players' price? Does the league set it, or does the player set their own price as to what they want to be paid? Yeah, the the players
2: will set their price um, as to what they want to be paid in that gold, silver, or bronze category. Yep. And the league... um, we'll nominate the platinum players who, who we see fit uh, in, in consultation with the clubs. Who, who we see fit as, as players of extraordinary value and, and, you know, to, as, as basically global superstars of the game. Um, but yeah, there, there'll be some who will be happy to just be part of the BBL and there'll be others who want to come for, a, for, a, you know, a gold, gold player yeah.
0: price. So, Trent, this has been a bugbear of of BBL fans and and, and people who have engaged with the products. They've always bemoaned the lack of international star power. And that's some of the feedback that we get um, in real time when we're calling the games and uh, and I'm calling the games, which I absolutely love doing. So given now the increase in the money being made available and this exciting way of bringing them in, who give me some names that we think that we 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 we're looking to attract? So who what? Give me the kind of caliber of player that we think now that we can bring to the BBL. I think it, just on that point, I think the BBL
2: has always attracted big name players. There's mm. Guys like Malinga, Peterson, Butler, you know, Livingstone, Pollard, yep. Russell, Rashid Khan, AV de Villiers of, of recent times, and yeah, then then some of the West Indian superstars like Holder and Brathwaite and Son and Ryan. So I think we've always been able to attract. Players. I think what this draft does is it, it filters that down into a to, a, to an opportunity for them, um, you know, to up in lights in June, then you know, then a draft in August, and so I, I think you know they, those mm. those stars like a Russell, people see uh, Rashid Khan, Sunny Ryan, Dwayne Bravo, especially I mean, Dwayne Dwayne Bravo wins cricket games wherever he's been, and he yeah, we saw him still in the IPL, he's still he's still killing it, yep. Pollard's still doing great that people see such a wonderful leader. So I'm confident that that calibre of player are all looking to, to be involved in the BBL. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see to see if and when they nominate.
0: And it's a great reminder you give us of, of the names we have had. I think what the, the the point is mainly focused at is is when those players have been able to be here, it's sort of been like the A-League in the early... like. Yep, You, you might have been get Del Piero, but who else has been in the competition? So what it looks yeah. to me that this does is instead of there being one or two... You might okay. Hang on, there might be five or six um, across the competition rather than just at a couple of the uh, of the franchises. So that's really exciting. Um, what? Uh, so how does a selection order work? So who gets first pick? There'll, there'll be a lottery for um, the bottom three clubs
2: who finished there last year to see who who gets first pick in the draft, and then there'll be a, a lottery for the, the top five teams in the competition last year, and then. That'll, that'll determine the, the order. Um, but also, just on your point, too, about those big names, is that you, and you mentioned the IPL. These, there's been a history, too, of players coming here and doing well in BBL mm. and then getting IPL contracts. And by, by being selected in a, in a draft, it's, it's, it's a higher profile than just being signed yeah. um, behind closed doors. This alerts IPL clubs. So players of all standards, whether, whether you're a star on the rise or a star looking to bounce back, the the BBL offers players an opportunity to perform prior to the IPL auction in, in January, so that's that's where that's exciting as well. And and clubs now you know money balling it, you know they'll be looking to work out how how do I find a star on the rise, and um, you know, so trying to find someone with value for money. How do I bring in that star power to to try and excite the, the group from within as well? And I think that's what. Having seen people like Malinga and Kevin Peterson up close the mm-hmm. stars, it's amazing how they drag um, other players into that into that next level and yep. improve their performance. But this is where I'm excited about a draft. It's just from start to finish how, how much um, uh, chat has already started about that and what you know
0: what the players will look like within, within different squads. Speaking to Trent Woodhill, Cricket Australia's player acquisition and cricket consultant about the BBL draft announced today, um, Trent... Just on some other BBL-related points of conversation. So the ICC um, in recent weeks announcing a clear window uh, for the IPL. So just another leg up and, again, showing the power of the IPL and and short-form cricket. It's now not going to have to compete um, for for international talent. How close would we be doing something like that in the Australian summer? It's an interesting point.
2: I I think the FTP, the Future Tours Programme, is is a fully loaded program and and what i love is choice so I, you know I, I love the short form side of the game I, I love the the nuances that that creates so players will have the opportunity to to choose their own path but i think also you know that you'll find that they they, they coexist That international cricket and franchise cricket they they suit one another you you need both to to progress and grow the game and and also that's yeah that's above my pay grade too on on who plays and who doesn't and, how that's set up but I, I know you know the BBL, we find a wonderful place that people want to play the BVL. Um and that's my focus is making sure that we've got a tournament that that attracts overseas players and, and domestic players enjoy playing so that, that's that's you know what other leagues will be trying to set up and and in in between that you've got international cricket which is which is so important and you know and also guides the fans and we love those contests between the different nations, whether it's in red ball or, or the different forms of white ball.
0: Uh, Dan Bredig reporting in the age today that um, it's looking like uh, a new massive TV rights deal um, for, for uh, by the BCCI in regards to the IPL, which um, which could and and the example that's been given, it, it's it's going up uh, to six billion US dollars, and which could take. Someone like Pat Cummins, based on percentages and what they're expecting um, the share of the players' part of that revenue to be, it could take him from say two million dollars a season, possibly up to ten million dollars. When it comes to something like that, and the BBL looking to continue to grow and 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 develop, do you do you try to keep up with the Joneses, or do you just go that look that's not a fight, and that's not a weight division we're going to be able to fight in? And then you try and make sure that your what you're offering in your product in the BBL is of its own nature, that it's unique to itself. Yeah,
2: I think you've got to see the positive in this. Is that mm. cricket? Cricket is is a is a huge, huge game. It's it's not it's growing. It's not it's not shrinking. And um, you know that there's always that carrot for players of every of any nationality to want to play in the IPL for both the opportunity to play in it, but also the money that's on offer. But I think you said it there is that the BBL is, it's, it, it has uh, a tournament like no other, you know, in, in the summer, you know, beaches, sun, fun, barbecues, um, Christmas, it, it just, it just works. It's fun. And, and what you, you notice about the BBL is the players get the smiles on their faces. Um, and, and after we move out of the COVID, COVID world and, and we have those crowds back and, and we get that opportunity to go and, Enjoy live sport again. The, the BBL will be at the forefront of that in the, in the Australian summer, and I don't think that's I don't think that's going to change. And I think it's always going to attract um, you know high quality of overseas player, and it's always going to be um, you know a, a pathway for, for Australian players to to um, you know, to be up in lights and you know so, so state players who are coming into the game who might be playing in front of a handful of people um, you know in a state a, a state match all of a sudden. It, Thrust into a BBL limelight, and it's it's live um, on on television. It's it, there's thirty or forty thousand people watching them, and that that gives you that buzz. And I think that's what what the players enjoy as well. So I think it it sits in its own w- window and and will continue to do so and continue to attract the best.
0: Uh Brent, and and I think this is a great way of um, and with the increase in um, money too for to attract international players. The draft's going to be a really exciting addition to the BBL. And the other part, just we've got to let you go, but. The other thing that I think the BBL is starting to do, and Tim David's a great example of that, is is that you know you it's you don't try to compete, you, you you try and feed. And Tim David's a great example of someone who's made his name in the BBL and got attracted yeah. and, and drew, drew the attention of the IPL and a one point five million dollar deal, and he had a brilliant season as well. So, um, what we can do to help that yeah, competition, and then a... yeah, yep, yep. Joff is yep. another one. Um, um, yep. uh, the Pakistani uh, quick uh, as well, um, and I've just had a, a mental blank. Yeah, I
2: mean, Harris Ralph. You
0: know, he, yeah, Harris Ralph. Sorry, I just yeah, had a mental ha- blank.
2: Ralph.
0: Yep. So I think, yeah. Yeah, and we,
2: that was a, that was a classic case. Yeah, you, yeah you, had, you had this young 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 man who was a, just full of energy and such a talent. You know, being given an opportunity. Um, you know, through through, through the, the guys of, of, of Nick Cummins, and just how how well he had his relationship the, the whole tailenders, but. All of a sudden, in the space of six months, you had had this this, this young man bowling 150 k's an hour, and then because of that thrust in an international game, and now he's a you know, he's a global T20 superstar, and that's that's the beauty of the BBL, and that's and that's the carrot as well for, for players around the world who want to be part of it.
0: Got to let you go, Trent, but can you give us just a little preview? As as we've said, you are the new ideas man um, to to take the BBL into its next iteration. Um, anything else you can give us an inkling towards? I know you've got more up your sleeve, surely.
2: <laughs> I think at the moment, and it's just,
0: it, it, <laughs> just head
2: down, he's back on the draft. Uh, but there'll be, there'll be plenty of plenty of uh, good things ahead, I reckon.
0: Brilliantly done. Hey, Trent, thanks so much for taking us inside the detail of the new BBL draft. Congratulations on the announcement. We can't wait to see it uh, in its uh, reality. Thanks. Thanks, I Appreciate it, mate. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, some text coming through after our chat about the BBL draft. I'll we'll get to those uh, in just a moment. Liam Maria to join me next. Rob in Doncaster East. G'day, Rob.
1: Hi, mate. How are you going? Good,
0: thank mm-hmm.
1: you. Good. Um, just wanted to have a, just see what you thought about the Geordie Degoe situation that's come through, uh, where he's mm-hmm. now taking personal time from the game. Um, I was wanting to know, through all the constant bullying and harassment he's copped all week, is it any wonder that he now needs time away? I wanted to see what you thought about that. I've, I've actually never seen anything like it over something that's, uh, you know, to a lot of people, isn't isn't a big deal.
0: And to a lot of people, to, it, to a lot of that. people, it is. Um, I, I don't think he's been bullied or harassed, but I, I, I that's your, your opinion. You're absolutely entitled to it. Um, if he needs some time uh, to get his head around what's going on, to get his head around what's to come. Contract negotiations put off until the end of the year. I, I, I would be surprised if the week hadn't taken a toll uh, on him. So I ho- I'm glad to see that he's taking the time away. The club is supporting him and he's going to get the help um, that, that he needs just to get his head around what's just unfolded. I, I think that's a good thing that he's taking it that he's taking it seriously.
1: Yeah, well, I will thinking he obviously needs it because... Um... Yep, in, in in some degree, yes, he's done the wrong thing. He's put himself mm. in, a, in a in a bad position. But at the end of the day, I think just, I mean, you know, the front page of the Herald, the age, I mean...
0: Uh, We're just going to crash into this ad break. I'm really sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. I uh, greatly appreciate your company if you're just joining us or you've just been sticking with us throughout. Uh, it is wonderful to have you on board. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, 736 736 of course, on the Harcourt's open line. You can call at any stage or you can text in 433 98 11 16 off the temper text, temper uh, a mattress like no other. Um, just off the text, typical this day and age, cut me off because uh, I don't agree with the minority. I, I, I apologise I can't move that ad break. So it wasn't intentional. Um, and then you'd, you'd hung up uh, when we weren't able to get a chance to to get you back. So it wasn't intentional. I do apologize. It wasn't done just to shut it down. Um, the ad break that was just coming up then, I, I actually couldn't move. So there was uh, no no devious intent. Uh, No ulterior motive there. I just couldn't move the ad break. A couple off the text before we get to our next special guest. Uh, Big game for the Pies who will jump into the eight if they win. Uh, That's from Chris. I like this one from Dean. Dean, I've got this on my list of things to say as well, but uh, I'll let you do it for us. Congratulations to Mason Cox, who was given Australian citizenship today. Uh, That's a very special day. I reckon Mason Cox is one of the great AFL stories. It's a triumph, the Mason Cox story. It is brilliant for the game. He's been a wonderful addition to it. A unique perspective, a unique addition, an incredible story. I don't know if we spent enough time celebrating the Mason Cox story. So we we'll, um, we tried to get him on today, uh, understandably. Collingwood um, not doing a heap of media uh, at the moment, but we were really keen to get him on and talk more to him about um, his road to get to Australia and his journey since getting here, what he's been through now, and the the correction of his eyes, and now what that's done to his football and he's he's playing great footy and um you know, I just think he is one of the the really special football stories over the journey from people who have come abroad from abroad to play uh, our great game uh evening just heard Collingwood's release in regards to dagoey taking time off, hope he is okay. He might have made mistakes, but he should still be showing a bit of compassion. Who hasn't stuffed up, but it's not shown in media. That's from Carol from Preston. Carol, I agree with you. Um, and then a few on the uh, the BBL draft, which we'll get to in just a moment. But um, uh, this week, the week's going to finish off from a basketball perspective. We've just seen uh, the Golden State Warriors win their fourth title in eight years. Now, the biggest item on the nba agenda is the nba draft and we've got um we've got a couple of aussies who are right in line uh, to be drafted so i thought let's get uh, one of the most astute and highly regarded writers and broadcasters in the nbl space on to so just give us an update and get us prepared for who might go to where in the nba draft Liam santa maria is all of those things and more hello mate Hello, Sam. Great to speak to you, mate. Uh, Great to have you on. Just before we get into NBA draft, um, were you just like I think every other sporting fan when you heard the news? um, Megan Husswaite broke it yesterday that uh, Lauren Jackson, the uh, combined seven-time NBL NBA champion, seven-time NBL NBA uh, MVP, um, one of our greatest, if not the greatest, Australian basketballer of all time, certainly on the Mount Rushmore uh, was going to be making a comeback and uh, in line to be uh, and trying to make the, uh, the World Cup squad for the Women's World Cup later in the
3: year. Were you jumping out of your skin like the rest of us, Liam? <laughs> it's great news, isn't it? Uh, it was great to see. I mean, we, we, we've been following her progress really closely over the past few months. Of course, she the, the early parts of this comeback have been uh, taking place in the NBL 1 for Aubrey Wodonga in the NBL 1 competition and um, it's been so exciting to see her just back out on the hardwood um, doing her thing, putting up massive numbers and then just been keeping a close eye on things just to see how the body holds up. You know, could she stay on the floor for a period of time, continue to get her confidence and her fitness back to a level where maybe we might arrive at this moment where she would, you know, be added to the Opal squad and start thinking seriously about potentially donning the green and gold once again for the upcoming World Cup. And and here we are. Um, she's managed to reach this point. Now, does that mean she'll step out there in September when the ball gets thrown up? No, not for a long shot. There are still some hurdles to jump and some water to go under that bridge. But um, this is uh, this is a great step forward. It shows that it's, it's something that she legitimately wants to do. And she's going to go into camp and um, go through that process. And... Who knows, would be absolutely remarkable at age 41, nine years out of the game, if it all came to fruition and she could help our Opals team uh, do some special things at the World Cup. What an unbelievable sporting story that would be.
0: She was very humble speaking to Andy and Gazi earlier today and saying, hey, I've still got a long road to go to make the squad. It's not a mm. fait accompli. She can't say it. And wouldn't, because that's the person that she is. We can. No way she's not making that squad. This is the good news story Australian (laughs) basketball needed after what we have had to endure and and go through this year with Liz Cambridge and and all that has come with that. This is the shot in the arm. This is the feel-good moment, and... Um. Oh, it was, I think it put a spring in everyone's step. And now there's a new contender when anyone has the greatest sporting comeback of all time conversation, because Lauren <laughs> Jackson automatically. I, I. I'm trying to. I was driving home last night thinking. I wonder who tops that if she does make it back for a World Cup. That's right up
3: there in the greatest Australian yeah. sporting comebacks of all time. Oh, it would be. It would be special. Um, and then of course, but. You know, she, that's the right attitude for her to take, though, from yeah. a team sort of perspective. There, there's some talented girls in the, yep. in the front court um, that are going to be a part of that squad. And, you know, she's going to need to go into camp with that same mentality that she used to have. And that is, I've got to prove myself against you. Now, if she's feeling good, um, well, you and I have no doubt that she's going to she's gonna be able to do that at a very high level. Um, but that's the right attitude to take and then of course it's the big question of how well does the body hold up because playing um, on a weekly basis and and managing your body through in the NBL one is one thing but then stepping into an Opals camp the rigor of those back-to-back practices and then um, you know playing at that World uh, Cup kind of level that's another big step so hopefully everything goes well between now and then and we can see her line up for the Opals when things tip off. Couldn't agree more.
0: So, Liam Santa Maria, Friday morning, NBA draft. Very, very exciting. Um, mm. All through the year, we've been watching uh, a young man, born and raised in my hometown of Bendigo, just rocket up mm-hmm. draft board calculations. I had his father, Ricky, who's a, a legend of CBA and ABA basketball, on uh, a few months ago as um, he was lighting it up for the G League Ignite. Uh, Dyson Daniels, where do you have him? And how, I mean, last year we were giddy about Josh uh, going number six. I'm I'm sure I'm the first person to make that joke. Um, (laughs) Can we, would it be greedy of us to think that we might have someone go even higher in the top 10 this year?
3: Uh, That's the very, very top of his range, I think. The number five pick. Um, One through four looks pretty settled Now, the order of those four guys um, will be interesting to see how that plays out. But, you know, you look at the the established draft analysts in the States who are talking to teams and getting a really good sense of who is going to sit where. There have been a couple that have suggested maybe that pick five to Detroit could be um, where Dyson might land at the very top of his range. There's been a lot of buzz just today that, that Indiana have been really impressed with him, they've got the sixth pick. Um, there was a quote from, from a reporter over there saying that uh, that Dyson had, quote, had one of the greatest workouts a lot of people in the Indiana organization have ever seen, unquote, which is a massive uh, compliment on what he's put on the floor. So they've got the number six pick. Anywhere within that sort of uh, latter part of the top 10 is where we expect him to go. Probably 12 to OKC would be the floor. Um, and this is, as you say, it's a remarkable story that we're talking about him going that high in the draft. Um, he has just skyrocketed up this thing over the past six, nine months. This has been terrific in the second half of the G League season for the G League Ignite. Of course, I mentioned the NBL one before. I mean, he's a success story of the junior pro programs here mm. in Australia, the NBA Global Academy there at the Centre of Excellence in Canberra and at the NBL one level there, at the Bendigo Braves and... Um, now he's going to. After Friday, he's going to be an NBA guy, and you're going to take that big next step in his career.
0: Where are you expecting? So Indiana have got pick six. Where where would you be? Where'd we be likely to fall for you?
3: I, I reckon the most likely scenario is either seven to Portland or mm. eight to New Orleans. That they feel like the kind of consensus spots for Dyson. Um, so you look at Portland and you say, all right, well. He'd be an understudy to Damian Lillard. That's not a bad place to land. He would share that backcourt with Lillard at times early in his career um, because he's a guy that's versatile, can play on and off the ball, and they'll enjoy what he can do at the defensive end of the floor. And then you look at New Orleans, and it would be a similar scenario with Lillard's former teammate in CJ McCollum. So Mm. two pretty cool landing spots, either one of those, Portland or New Orleans, I think it's seven or eight.
0: Yeah, I'm a San Antonio guy, so I'd be... um... More than happy if he if he slipped to ninth, but uh, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's exciting. I mean the prospect of you know a Dyson and Zion uh, team up, and then you know possibly to pull. I mean it's it all depends on if Dame Lillard, I suppose, even stays. But uh, that's a conversation for another day. So okay, so your your view seven eight uh, most likely. What about some of the other Aussies or? nbl players we can sort of categorize them up so what about a couple of the aussies mm-hmm. and then we'll get to some of the next stars uh, there's been players trialing all over the place um mm. let's go through a couple that have been over there trialing at the moment and their likelihood of being drafted luke travers uh, was put through his paces by indiana i've done it again um <laughs> has he trialed Not anywhere fine. else oh thanks
3: he has. Yeah. No, actually speaking with his representatives, they're really happy with the way he's he's shown out at some of these mm. pre-draft workouts. He's worked out with Minnesota, Cleveland, Sacramento, Dallas, Indiana, as you say, as well as Phoenix, Golden State, and the LA Clippers. So is that a it's busy a couple last more. couple of weeks, <laughs> yeah. Luke, Travis? Yeah. Um, and that's after really impressing at the G League elite camp in Chicago, uh late last month so it's been a busy couple of weeks and as a result he's built a little bit of momentum throughout this pre-draft process which is great it's it's what he really desperately needed to do um because he was sitting off the mock drafts uh for a lot of these analysts coming into the um to this process Mm. um and he's done himself a whole bunch of favors of course been playing with the perth wildcats the last couple of seasons developing nicely within that program and um, I still think it's a long shot for him to hear his name called on Friday. But um, if you're looking for a, a potential flyer, a bolter late in the process who might get drafted late in the second round, it, Travis certainly has put his name in that that category. Um, and, um, yeah, fascinated to see if it plays out for him. He
0: spoke about the fact that he knows that it's his jump shot that he needs to work on. Um We've uh, players throughout time have shown that that that's something that's workable. There's many many good jump shot coaches and um, technique coaches as well who will go through his his whole. They'll break him down and and all through the uh, the formatics of it all and and work on that. Has he already been doing that himself?
3: For sure. I mean, you know that's biomechanics. That's the word cool. I was looking for.
0: Biomechanics.
3: Yeah. Well, when when you're this close to achieving yeah. something as remarkable as as getting selected into the NBA, I mean, it's been an absolute dream of his. And when it's a really clear area of development that's on his scouting report, um, he will have been making a concerted effort. And we actually saw his jump shot improve a little bit throughout last season. Um, under, you know, the new head coach there in Perth, Scott Morrison, who was they were putting a lot of work into it on the day-to-day, and he was encouraging to shoot, you know, open looks. Now, the the reality is, teams were leaving him open. Um, that's the, the the scout on on Luke Travers, daring him to shoot mm. because you know he can hurt you in other ways if you if you crawl up and in. And so th- that's the scenario for him. He's a versatile player. He's got a, he's a bit of a Swiss Army knife in terms of what he can do out there on the floor. But it, but it, the jump shot is probably the one that's that's holding him back. Now, you look at a guy like Joe Ingles early in his career it was a very similar type scenario they said geez he's he's tall um he's he can really move he's Mm. got a great feel for the game he's he's a playmaking wing all the things that that we hear spoken about Luke Travers um but he wasn't a knockdown shooter and over the course of time he developed into that and that's the kind of blueprint the rest is history is is trying to follow so um yeah now we we speak about his chances of getting picked up Sam if he doesn't hear his name called, that, that's not the end of the process, of course. Try and hook into a team for Summer League, try to get a two-way contract, a training camp deal, more opportunities to come.
0: So we don't have a heap of time uh, left, but uh, Liam Santa Maria. so we know that Makua Maker has been trialling as well with a few teams. I saw that he was at Charlotte uh, the other day. And then some of the next stars, so these aren't Aussies, but they were playing in Australia last year. So Usman Dieng, uh, Hugo Besson, uh, Kai Soto, uh, who was with the 36, has been trialling. Are there any other Aussie names or any Next Stars that you're expecting to be called out Friday morning?
3: Yeah, well, the, the two big ones, the guys you said there, the French duo from the New Zealand Breakers, uh, Usman Jiang and Hugo Besson. Uh, Jiang, of course, part of the Next Stars program. Basson was on that team essentially as a Next Star, but he was signed as an import. 19 years of age, Jiang, 16, guy who can handle the ball, And he is slotted to go somewhere in the middle of that first round. So probably the top of his range is that, that eight pick to New Orleans back to about 17 for the Houston Rockets should fall somewhere in there. Uh, And Hugo Basson, somewhere within the second round is the expectation for him, maybe 38 to your San Antonio Spurs or or, or somewhere in the mid forties. But these two guys developed really nicely in the NBL last season of Given themselves a big chance of getting picked up.
0: Any other Aussie names? We know that Joe Lawhale is going to go through Summer League. He's not draft eligible. He's left Melbourne United. Uh, he'll play uh, Summer League and see if he can get picked up uh, that way. But is there anyone else we should be keeping an eye out for that's connected to us in any way, shape or form?
3: Well, Kaisoto, of course, is not an Aussie a Filipino, but played with the Adelaide 36ers last season, uh, has done a whole bunch of workouts and he's hoping to hear his name called. And and the other one you mentioned, of course, Makua Maker, who was terrific for the Sydney Kings last season in their championship campaign. Played a really important role for that team off the bench and uh, he's been a busy boy as well. He's worked out for a dozen NBA teams in the past couple of months. Um, Unlikely to hear his name called on Friday, but is an outside chance. And then if he doesn't, Um, look for him to to latch onto a team for Summer League and try to work his way into the association from there. So a bunch of guys, Aussies and internationals, out of the NBL are well and truly in the mix.
0: Um, I've got Alex. So no NBL Cup. Um, Are you for or against the NBL Cup, Liam Santa Maria? I've got to ask this because I get bombarded with texts from Alex and it clogs up the (laughs) whole text line. Uh, No NBL Cup, yes or no?
3: No. Oh, no i liked it in the in the covid season it was a good solution for the nbl during that period of time but uh moving forward on on the annual i i think no
0: thank you very much my friend we'll speak to you soon Cheers, that lamb santa maria uh nbl writer broadcaster uh and talent watcher as we get ready for the nba draft on friday morning uh off the text um I've got mail that uh, Detroit have committed to Dyson at pick five. Yeah, Liam, not thinking he goes any higher than seventh. So uh, the number ending in five five zero. We'll see how you go. Hey, you've got to come back and wrap up the show straight after this. Hey, I didn't want to leave this week uh, without sending a cheerio to uh, mine and the station, and I think everyone that that engages with SEN's very good friend. Uh, I've only just seen this text, Mars. I apologise, I didn't get you one earlier, but. Um, our very good friend Muzz, who uh, rings in, who texts in a lot. Uh, he has SEN playing twenty four seven. Unfortunately, lost his guide dog this week, and and he's not uh, feeling great. Muzz, uh, I'm thinking of you. Uh, I hope you're doing okay. Uh, on behalf of the whole station and and those who listen regularly to it, love you, mate, and thinking of you. Look after yourself. And I'm really sorry to hear that, that that's happened to you. And uh, we'll speak to you very soon, I'm sure. I just left you a voicemail just to try and get in touch with you. But I'll speak to you soon. Hey, enjoy a massive weekend of footy. Thursday night, footy tomorrow night. You won't miss a moment of it. The best call team in the industry. It's 2v1. Melbourne v Brisbane. And all eight te- top eight teams playing another top eight team. Can't wait for it. Enjoy it. Driver's seat's up next.